We're so pleased you've chosen to follow our Adopt Dead podcast. I'm Joseph Sandigato, the Director of Communications and Public Relations for Mayor. And at Mayor, we believe the best way to help introduce the process of adoption from foster care is through education, hence our cutesy little title of Adopt Ed. The theme for today's show is Surviving the Summer. On our podcast today, we'll be discussing the various ways in which we, as parents, keep our children engaged during extended breaks. We'll also discuss resources for children with more extensive needs. And we'll have a visit later in the show from Sarah Baldega, Executive Director for Rise Above. Sarah will share with us about the mission of Rise Above and offer some suggestive resources and thoughts to support our theme today. Without further ado, I'm excited to kick off the show with our opening segment called At the Table. Joining me today is my co-host and child services coordinator for our Western me- region, Maureen Albano. Welcome, Mo. Good morning. Oh my gosh, it's July. It's like 9,000 degrees in the studio. Oh, it is. It's hot. At least 9,000. Yeah. 9,001? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, today we're, we're recording from the surface of the sun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, it may have been a while ago, my friend. I know you've you've shared your adoption journey, as did I. Um, but I'm sure you remember the challenges of keeping kiddos busy during summer vacations. Yep. I know. I can remember them very visit vividly. Yeah. <laughs> and the mother load of all vacations is summer yeah. vacation, right? Yep. So. Um, for many parents, it's a time of year that causes a lot of stress and anxiety, even when the, the rest of the year is going well, and now you have to fill this time. Right, maybe you right. work, maybe you got some special needs you're mm-hmm. dealing with. So there's there's lots of things, right? So uh, what we want to talk about today is um, some of the resources that are available and offer people some suggestions to hopefully alleviate some of that stress and um, people who are both new and old to the process. And even though we're at July, there's plenty of opportunities, you know, uh, for people uh, to participate in things. So we'll we'll talk a, a lot about okay, that. Great. Um, what was your go-to when your kids were little? How did you fill those endless summer days? Well, we had a pond not too far from the house. Lucky you. And the kids, and they all had these little fish nets, um, and they put on their rain boots. Okay. They'd walk into the pond. Now this is all cheap. Uh, cheap. This was absolutely no expense. <laughs> we had pails, and we would go through the ponds and get turtles. Scoop stuff up. Scoop or... stuff up. It was amazing yeah. what was in a pond. Yeah. And. You know, the thing was, we looked at it, we talked about it, but when we left, everything had it to go stayed. back in the pond. We yeah. didn't take it home. Right, we didn't take it home. <laughs> they would spend hours doing that. That was just so amazing. I wish I was a little more educated on what this stuff was that they were dredging up from the pond. But, right, um, right. Uh, so that was one thing. Always went to the library at least once, twice a week. Um, yeah, those are good things. Even when they're younger, they had a reading list, and we didn't always stick to it because sometimes it was a little boring. Uh, but at the beginning of the summer, right. we whatever. My daughter loves sports. My son, th- my son loved theater. So it was just whatever. Find they things picked for out. them to read. Yeah, find things in the. Sure. Then the library always had those free passes. Yeah. To different uh, things around the, the area that you could get into, which usually would cost, you know, like know. a family of, you know, like three or four kids, a, a bundle. But um, we'd get in free for that. Um, you know, just Kept going out picnics, going to finding kids in the, the neighborhood and inviting them into the car. You know, ask your mom first. But we're going to go on a picnic to the right. playground. Right. And we spent a couple hours there and everybody would be exhausted. 
Yeah. The whole idea was to wear them down. We- By the end of the <laughs> Keep night, them busy. take your nap, you know, your bath, a, a nap yeah. in the afternoon, and then go to bed early. Keep yeah. them busy. Yeah. I, I think, you know, that was a lot of the same for me. We probably were more ocean than pond, but the yeah. same thing. And I didn't learn that lesson about don't bring it home for a while. So we ended up with buckets oh. of seashells. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually it became <laughs> keep one. Just keep one. Um, But uh, on top of uh, all those things, I also had to manage um, things for kids with special needs. And um, and so so that was a little bit different. Not all the camps were able to deal with uh, my children's special needs. Mm -hmm. I know in past shows. Um, if you think back to May, when we recorded May, we talked about uh, the some of my children's stories, and some of them had pretty extreme yeah, needs. And right. so uh, we didn't have as many specialized camps, you know, in the early 2000s. I mean, I guess there were some there, but just not the way that there are today that yep. we'll talk about yep. in a little while. So I would have to start with one plan, and then I would have to deal with a displaced child. And then, you know, it was just trying to keep everything, keep everything moving. Um, also... I had kids on IEPs, individualized education plans, and sometimes you know you didn't want them to go twelve weeks, eight weeks, ten weeks, twelve oh, weeks without cool. yeah. without supports some, yeah. to make sure that you kept right, stuff intact. Right, yeah. And so, my hope is that as we talk about these things today, that we'll um, think about the parents who are dealing with with everything from just how do I fill a day to how do I deal with special needs mm-hmm. and um, and really manage that that summer downtime. And and as we are in July, maybe some people who are hitting a lull they they're they're getting to the point where they've made it through july and now they've they've got another month left to go hopefully we'll give them some new ideas um and so a lot of kids have special needs whether they're intellectual physical behavioral uh and i was at a meeting uh recently with um with a buddy of mine elaine who um no longer works for but but worked for um uh, the federation for children with special needs and, and they're they're good friends of ours and in our families. And they have a really great guide that relates to summer planning. So I direct people to take a look at their guide. And we have some some tips and information that we've, we've borrowed from that and from okay. a number of other resources. But um, really, studies have shown that all students, so I talked about kids on IEPs, but all students are going to lose some of their learning gains during the summer. And you talked about bringing your kids to the library. Presumably, you had them read to try and keep their reading skills up, right? And right. Keep them busy, but also right. keep yeah, those reading keep skills reading. up. Well, even before they were at reading level, I mean, the library was always the place to go to, to bring books home. Right. To. Um, and even before, even as infants, I used to read to my kids. Just, I, well, used, good. To read, Stimulating. I used to read it's... Newsweek to them. Okay. Yeah, we used to get Newsweek, yeah, in the mail, and I'd read everything about, you know, what was happening. Right. The, and it was just just to be able to read to them so that they... It was embedded. Did they the turn time. out to be politicos, either of them? Uh, no, but my son's an avid reader. Okay. I mean, he All right. just, he devoured It'd be funny if, if they ended up being politicos because you read them Newsweek. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> my choice of material probably wasn't the best. Well, no, but it was good, right? You were, I had you were stimulating. Yeah. I was, you know. Yeah. I was getting information too. Yeah. Right. Well, the what's interesting is for even for an average student, um, it really amounts to almost uh, a month's worth of learning that they lose if they yeah. do nothing. So mm-hmm. it's important. Um, so for all kids, um, you know, read books for sure. Um, children who read six more books over the summer are really likely to gain more reading skills than the children who don't. I mean, that's. I believe that. Yep. I mean, that's pretty common yep. sense, mm-hmm. right? But. Um, Children read more when they see other people reading. So, you know, I know with my kids all summer long, I always had a book in my bag when we go to the beach or if we were going on a picnic right. or we, 
I would take out the book. Mm -hmm. And what happened is you're, you're modeling for your kids and they realize, oh, well, this is a time when I can be reading. Yeah. So you talked about your kids having a reading list. My kids have reading lists every year. Yeah. Sometimes getting them to read the book is tough, but I always tried to do it in a structured way. And I used to think that it was like, let's get it out of the way in the morning. You know, let's, yeah. that's not always right, best. Right. Sometimes it was good. Let's go to the beach. The first 15 minutes at the beach, you're going to read your book. Then you can go play in the water. Right. Right. right? So yeah. sometimes that motivational stuff. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, the, their tips include things like, you know, seize the moment, talk and listen, read, read, read. I mean, I think these are pretty commonsensical things, but you touched upon this, um, when you were talking about uh, your kiddos interests, right? Find out what amuses them, excites them, inspires them. If they, if they found interest in figuring out what was in a pond, take them to a pond. Yep. My kids used to like to look for different types of shells and look in, you know, what, what kind of sea creatures were there and, you know, what can I find? Shell, yeah. And who, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. But things around their interests. And then you can read about those things. You know, you talked about your kids having sports interests mm -hmm. and other interests, right? Yeah. That's always important. Um, even little kids, right? Picture books, collections of, of things. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Journaling. I always had my kids journal. Did your kids have a journal? No. It was my soft way of getting them to write without having them write paragraphs and essays. Yeah. Um, plus, I learned over time that many of the schools that my children attended wanted to do, like, when you got back in September, like, what was your summer all oh, what about? What did right? you do this what summer? What did you do? Yeah. So the journaling was twofold. It was a writing project that they didn't know was a writing project. Yeah. And then it also gave them something to review when they had to do their project in the school. So I love the idea of journaling. Um, huh, I never thought of that. Like diary, like a diary. Like a diary. Yeah, yeah, but we yeah. call it journals today, yeah. right? Yeah. So just every day, just start every day with either start the day or end the day is how I did it. Start mm -hmm. the day with what you want to do or at the end of the day, reflect on what you did. Yeah. A couple of sentences. I mean, age appropriate. Yeah. Somebody in first grade right. is going to write two sentences and they're done. Yeah. Right? But, right. but every day they had a little account of what they did, which yeah. is fun. It was just a fun summer thing yep. to do. Um, That's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, the talk and listen I find interesting. And, and I have the utmost respect for the Federation and the, and the work they do. And, and at first I thought, well, talk and listen. We all do that. But, but you know what? They talk about the fact Talking and listening are probably, you know, some of the most important things in a child's uh, success in life. And if we iterate that out to kids coming from foster care and adoption and past episodes, we've talked about this probably most recently, you and I were together in May, you know, and we talked about this idea of getting to know the kids, what their likes are, what their, their interests are, right? But I like to talk about everything. I don't know about, about you. My kids tell me everything. They do? And I mean... Whoa everything you have to be prepared if you're going to have a lot of open dialogue <laughs> don't right? have a don't have that immediate surprise you have to face you on, have yeah. to take a pause that's my take a pause rule you always have to take a pause um you know you can't if you're gonna if you're gonna have very open dialogue with your kids which i always found very important because th there was just so many things that i would have my experiential um learning would have taught me that the kinds of things that my kids are experiencing are, are not within my norm, but they certainly were within their norm. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted them to feel like they could do that. But, but this idea of talking and listening um, and encouraging your child to talk by listening. I don't know if either of your kids, a couple of my kids were not talkers. Yeah, my son was the talker. My daughter was not. Not, was not. not. And I always felt like she was harboring something. But actually... I don't think she She's was. Just not a talker. She was not a talker. <laughs> so you know what my trick is to get people to talk? What? Don't say anything, huh? Don't say anything. Don't say you anything. You just did it. <laughs> you say nothing. Okay. And if they question it, just say, I was just giving you time to think. Okay. 
If you say nothing, people want to fill the silence. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a nice tip. Yeah, that's a natural, that's Uh, a natural tendency. Fill the silence. Yeah, Yeah. read, read, read. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about reading already. Um, Encourage math and science. There's a lot of, do you know this this STEM? Do you know what STEM is? Yeah, science, technology, electricity. Electronics, math. Elect- it's all around the sciences. Yeah. yeah, it's all around. It's it's an educational um, piece that that many schools are involved in. But um, talk about math and science, and cooking, gardening, sewing, using a calculator, playing board games, estimating distances board and games. amounts. Do people play board games these days? On their phones. No. Oh <laughs> Just, no, no, no. We have a whole cabinet. You know, I, I our kids haul them out all the time. I don't know what other families do. I, I do know that there really are some on the on the iPads and everything else. But um, but even at that, you know, uh, one of my sons has decided my um, my now uh, nine year old has decided that he uh, he I had talked about in a previous show uh, has ADHD. Played a lot of catch up. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, he has, he sees me. One of the things I do to hopefully keep my aging brain somewhat sharp is to play word games. In the old days, my grandfather used to do crossword puzzles. I don't know if you remember the newspaper crossword puzzle. Of course, war- yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Everybody, you know, had to had to do the the crossword puzzles. Today, you've got games that are like that, or, or word searches, or that kind of thing. It's supposed to be very good for your brain. I don't know if it's true. Yeah. I take a ginkgo biloba and do word games. But, <laughs> <laughs> but my son sees me doing them, and he says. I want to get better at writing and reading, so I'm going to play word games. I mean, Excellent. I think even yeah. if it is on a, on a device, yeah. look, doing something, yeah, right? right. But yep. um, find ways. Uh, you talked about your kids in a pond. That's science. That's science 101. That's old school science. Oh, that's Let's just yeah, scoop yeah. up some water and look at what it is and what's in Put it. Put it under and, the microscope oh, and yeah. watch all those little microorganisms. Things moving around. Swimming. <laughs> <laughs> um but they talk about keeping events on a family-sized calendar to help reinforce learning and time and scheduling. And that's probably good. If you're going to topically do a lot of different things, I think it might be good to keep yourself on track. Because let's face it, if you've ever been, uh, not everyone is off with their kids all summer. Um, some people do have the ability to do that. Some don't. Yeah, some right. have, And even if you don't, there's probably limited time with your kids. It's good to schedule it. I yeah. like the idea of yeah. schedules, right? And you can have that off day. Where it's yes. like what, Mickey Mouse Club, the anything can happen day. Sure. What day was that? Wednesday, Thursday? <laughs> I don't remember, but yeah. Who, I remember Mickey Mouse Club in reruns. Oh, uh, in reruns? No, I'm teasing. No. Oh, I'm teasing. okay. I'm just teasing you. But but you're right. It, this idea of not everything has to be super tightly yeah. scheduled, that's not, um, I'm not a huge advocate for over scheduling ourselves or our kids, but to have a plan. Maybe schedule's the wrong word. Maybe plan sounds better. Right. You know, just. Because just plan for a day. Otherwise, you kind of say, oh, yeah. it'll be another day and another day. And before yeah. you know it, it's August. Yeah. And the kids have four book reports to write. And... Yeah. I remember one of the best days, summer vacation, was the rainy day. We put the big blanket over the dining room table. Okay. And I served breakfast, lunch, and dinner underneath the dining room table. In a tent? In a tent. <laughs> okay. In a tent. And we pulled in every couch cushion we sure. could. And it was Oh, imaginative play is very, very important for kids, especially in this technological age. Right. Right. Yep. Just having stuff, getting off the devices. Right. Just, just imagine where you are. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Encourage writing is one of their tips, and I I talked about that already. Mm -hmm. I think journaling and scrapbooking, and you know, scrapbooking is fun. We try and do a number of trips during the summer. You know, I guess what do we call in the old days? Day tripping. Yep. Right, take a little day mm-hmm. trip. You're not necessarily going on vacay, but you're gonna go the Beatles, here and go day there. Day tripping, and... yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Mickey Mouse you Club, want to sing the us Beatles. More? No, okay. <laughs> um, My true age is coming out. Yeah. But but people who read more write better, and to reinforce the skills of reading, you need to write, and to do better writing, you need to read, and so it's just a nice way to keep it all tied together. Sure. Um, and so so those are just some you know tips for any any family, any kid. But why don't we talk about um, some special needs, um, you know, focused stuff, if you will. You know, uh, kids with special needs can greatly benefit from um, things like an extended school year, which is called ESY and IEP speak. IEP, ESY, Individualized Education Plan. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, could also be a 504 plan yeah. that acts differently. But we're talking about uh, a level of engagement with your school to help make sure that your children are getting their needs met. And for children who have more extreme needs you can request esy or extended school year sometimes your school will do it automatically sometimes you have to advocate for it um as a as a member of the team so when you are overseeing your children's education plan you're a member of the team um you know the parent fully participates in the decision uh the team should discuss whether the child will need extended school year services over the summer uh every year Uh, it's typically discussed at the annual iep review it will be part of um, part of the plan includes a grid that talks about service delivery and what it looks like and so it would be there so for parents who aren't sure if their children have it or not they can go to uh, what they consider the plep b and go to the plan and look at the service delivery it follows the plep b i'm sorry the service delivery plan and, and it's in there um, but basically the esy decision is based upon whether your child's unique needs require special education and i know i've been a big advocate for many of my kids if what they're doing in school is so rooted in someone who is well-versed in the curriculum, you know, sort of overseeing it, I think that's important for that to continue into the summer. If there are areas where they are functioning at a grade level or functioning more independently, then then no. But I think, you know, I'm a great resource, but I'm not a teacher, you know? Um, So I advocate for people to to do that, Um, you know, the kids who do this, we talked about the gap that happens over the summer. You know, the kids who do this are going to have less of a gap. And especially a kid who's already starting out from a position of uh, not the greatest strength yeah. in a particular area, you know. So how, how far how far delayed can does this delay a child when they go back to school in September if they haven't? Well, they done. say that the average child loses about a month's worth of education if they do nothing during the summer. So if you iterate that out to a child who might have more extreme services throughout the school year, I would imagine that just statistically they probably lose even more. Yeah. You know, but at, at the very least, you know, you've got two months, you've got structure 10 months a year and two months of no structure the amount that kids lose when they did testing is just is amazing how much they they lose um because it's just it's not routine and families are busy and people you know have have uh, other obligations and here we're talking about the ieps really you know special needs and and so forth i think for those kids yeah i think it's important find find the areas where they are getting really deep instruction um, and either come up with a plan at home so i can tell you that even though um, one of my kiddos does extended school year and does have a summer program, it's like, it, you know, my town, it's a couple of days a week and it's a few hours a day. It's going to be called summer school, right? Different. Different? Okay. Ish. Depends, Ish. depends on your town. It depends how you qualified it. Summer school used to be an extension of the school year for kids who didn't do well in a course curriculum during yeah. the regular yeah. school year. And they had to, uh, they, they either failed or were failing so, so, or moving toward failure and needed to 
better their grade. Sure, yeah. Uh, sometimes you couldn't move on to the next grade if you didn't do summer school. This is different. This is special needs. So this falls under the, the special needs okay, category. So. And so it's about keeping the skills intact and not uh, about completing a class. I think there are still summer school um, oh, yeah. challenges, yeah. Right. you know, kids mm-hmm. who just aren't getting something. Yeah. Um, okay. so, so there's a difference. So there here. is a okay. little bit of a difference. Uh-huh. Um, Stu, uh, a couple of things to note, you know, so the Federation does um, a lot of work in this area. So um, one thing that, to note is schools can't refuse to offer ESY services simply because they don't offer summer school to all students. ESY is different from summer school, as we just talked about. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, ESY services are individualized and based on a child's unique needs. And as with any other services in an IEP, ESY services are required by law if your child needs them to make meaningful progress. So um, I don't want to get super deep into IEPs, but uh, I find a lot of parents, as a matter of fact, I just had a parent reach out to me um, uh, and ask about extended year programs. And uh, and what I've learned in my own engagement is that, you know, once it's there, it's it's a discussion point and it's something you keep talking about. It's not something that just gets eliminated or that, that there isn't funding for or, you know, mm-hmm. there is an obligation. So. so wait a minute, just, just a curiosity question. Ex- extended school year does a child go into the school system again? Do people come to the home? No, it's or, in the or? so it's typically it's typically provided either in the building where they access services throughout the school year, or sometimes some towns or like uh, you know I'm I'm in a regional situation and um, mm-hmm. and the, it's at a particular building. All okay. the kids come together at a particular building. Um, it happens to be combined with some longer programs. So there's some uh, before and after care available sometimes for families. Okay. So right. for families who might have kids with special needs who also have some daycare needs, you might be able to make some of those arrangements. Um, transportation in my town is provided by the parents. Um, in some cases, uh, one of my kiddos had some pretty extreme needs and would get uh, taken by van during the summer mm-hmm. on specific days and, and okay. at times. So, so it varies. So it's from town to town. Um, town to yeah. town, community to community, community, it varies. But that's that's IEPs in general. Yeah. I mean, it's called an individualized education plan. The one thing people want to know is, you know, how do I access it? Where are the rules? Where's the... Well, it's individualized. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've come up with some really creative stuff over the years. Um, one of the things I do for, for kids who have extreme uh, processing issues is make sure that they've got enough reading materials, that they're age appropriate, that they're level appropriate for them, and that we have a solid plan with the school for what it's going to look like. They might not be able to do the traditional reading list. Mm-hmm. We might be reading a couple of grades behind. So uh, my schools have been fantastic. We've gotten books that come home in a packet. They're home all summer. We're able to use them and go through them. We're not struggling with picking stuff up at a library that might not be appropriate. So, sure, I mean, there's sure. there's lots of accommodations. Okay. All right. Um, and there's a lot of resources for families, including and beyond the Federation for Children with Special Needs. You brought up something earlier um, that I think is really important. And, um, you know, the libraries. The libraries. Yeah, I found it a great resource. Um because libraries are free. Mm-hmm. They don't kick you out after, you know, a half hour. I right, mean, right. you can go into a reading room. Uh, but uh, they also give out free and low-cost pass- passes to, like, the museums, the zoos, and other places of interest in the community. Right. Um, and I think if you're wise, reserve them ahead of time. Yeah, you if should. If I remember right. Yeah, you should. Yep. And there's oftentimes, there might be a set of passes, but... I'm surprised as I travel throughout the state, and we do work with libraries. As a matter of fact, you and I uh, were at your library right down the street. We had a training or something at your your library um, over there in Springfield on State Street a while oh, back, right? right? Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, as you go in and you talk to people, um, to find 
the number of things that are available free through a library. I mean, we're in such a technological age and libraries are underutilized. One thing they've done a great job of is getting all these passes. Yeah. I mean, it varies from community to community, but right. ask yep. and do reserve Yeah, because those lists sometimes get right. long. Right? And suggest. You can always suggest to them sure. that there are other places they don't have passes for. Right. What's the possibility of maybe uh, them getting passes, con you know, right. connecting with the, with this right. other uh these other places of interest that you have interest in. Sure. Um, but they also sponsor reading and other learning programs, um, which, again, are free. I mean, these are hour-to-hour programs yeah. that you can get your children to. Good for um, socialization. Yep, perfect for socialization. Play groups um, are also learning groups. Um, and many have actually suggested reading lists for both the kids, um, actually, Kids, families, uh, just... family members uh, for, for any age. Oh, and so... you know a little secret there? What? They often have your school's reading list. So when your kiddo throws away all their stuff for the end of the year and they oh. left their reading list in their paper packet uh -huh. and you can't find it on the school's website, right. the library, library usually has. has it. Mm -hmm. Darn it. <laughs> yeah. Mom, I don't have that list. I threw it out. Yeah. Well, I got news for you, honey. Yep. <laughs> uh, but call your local library. Just yeah. Get the details call, on stop what, in, go in. see it. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, get on an email list, get on a, a newsletter list, uh, whatever your your library has. And um, books. I just on the topic of as we're closing out libraries, um, if your kid has specific books they need to read, I know on Cape we have something called CLAMS, and it's it's an acronym for a library share system. Yeah. Within a day. If it's not at your local library, we have the cutest little local library. It's just this little tiny, tiny little yeah. building with this yeah. wrought iron, you know, spiral staircase. And it, it, there's, you know, oh, a handful cute. of books in it. It's, yeah. it's beautiful, but yeah. I mean, it's not very big. Yeah. No matter what you need, within a day, it's there. Yeah. The library network has it all. So if you if you don't want to be going to Barnes & Noble, is that even a thing anymore? Of course it is. Real books, you mean? Real books. Okay. If you don't want to be going to a bookstore... <laughs> Right, you don't Some want to be. Some people need those tangible things. No, but know? real yeah. books is is what we're talking yeah. about. But if you don't want to buy them, if your kid has three books to read over the summer right. and they're twenty five bucks a piece, go to your library. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. That's of great. Course. Of course. Um, so, so in that vein, I, you know, I, I tried to think of a lot of the things that are available across the state. I mean, every community has a ton of resources, but the YMCA. Oh yeah, YMCA. Um, yeah. I know I've used them in the past. A lot of day programs, summer programs. Mm -hmm. They vary from location to location. But there is one parent site where you can go and get information about all the affiliate organizations. It's ymcaboston.org. Have you ever looked at that? No, they can give you information about what's happening Everything. in Hawaii and my All the affiliates, yeah. Really? Out yeah. in Western Mass? Uh-huh. Okay. It's the parent organization of the Y. So hmm. that's a great place for, for details. Okay. Um, Boys and Girls Club? Yep. You know them. Oh, yeah. We, you have they, a great relationship we, with oh, yours. They've allowed us to host parties so many times, yep. Also have a ton of programs. Do you know that you can actually get details about all of them across the state? No. Okay. BGCB.org. Boys, girls, club. Boys and girls, club of Boston, Boston. probably. Dot org. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of resources available. Sure. Um, later in this show, Sarah Baldiga. Do you know Sarah from Rise Above? She's the executive director. I'd probably know Wade if I Saltzman, saw her. Saltzman, Sarah. Yes, yeah. Wade, you probably know. Uh -huh. uh, they're a founding member. She's the ED. Mm -hmm. um, she's going to come on and talk about it. But I also want to uh, talk about their organization and how they 
um, can help support families. But there's also the Wonder Fund. You know the Wonder Fund for DCF? It's the formerly oh, the Kids yes. Fund, right? Yeah. Um, so DCF has resources. I tell people, check with your check with your workers. You know, right. they to may see have what kind of resources are available yeah. for your particular child. Yeah. And we're not talking about funding uh, camp all summer long. I mean, you know, let's let's also be reasonable. Mm-hmm. But but if there's a particular program, you know, um, I, I know one of the things, and, and I'll let Sarah explain it later, but one of the things that they do is um, have specific requests of a kid has a particular interest and there's going to be a two or three day something going on. Right. They might be able to help contribute toward that. Or mm-hmm. Wonder Fund's the same. You access it through your worker. It's You would start with your social worker. They'd run it through a supervisor. A request goes in. But, um, but really... There's a lot of uh, information there. There's also family resource centers. Um, uh, family resource centers are a collaborative effort with the department and in, in the community and um, Department of Children and Families, that is. Um, and a family resource center is located in each of the 14 Massachusetts counties to provide easy access to information. And they have assistance and uh, things like health care and safety, employment, training, education. But they also have their finger on the pulse of what's going on in the community. I didn't know that either. Yeah, okay. it's really important. Yeah. And um, and you'll find that information um, at frcma.org, Family Resource Center Mass.org. Mm-hmm. They can help to direct you. Um, but gosh, this is this is like the tip of the iceberg, Mo. I, I, you know, I wanted to make sure that we talked about some of the most relevant pieces and kind of get people's juices flowing and their right. minds yep. moving. And, you know, mm-hmm. here it is midsummer. It's July. We get another month to go. And, yep. you know, we want to kind of keep them yeah. going. But um, thoughts? I mean, things, suggestions? What do you think? Um, you know what? I, I know um, for, for some children with physical disabilities, there's also camps out there. Um, sure. You know, we're not talking about full summer, but maybe a week, two-week camps. Um for kids with um, diabetes, with kid, for kids with um, cerebral palsy, um, hearing impaired, epilepsy. Um, oh my goodness! You, you Federation has an amazing list. I know you you've you've checked out the Federation yeah, list. Um, right, Federation right. for Children with Special Needs has a little summer fun booklet, and mm-hmm. and um, you know just average uh, everyday kiddo camps, and then really specific right. stuff. And there's right? nothing better for a child to be with kids who who are working through the same issues they're working with right. or their daily routine I- involves, you know, insulin and, and sure. you know, how much, when, where. Well, you that's, know what a, I mean? that's important, like, though. That's that thing we talk about. So one of the things that I wanted to bring up was uh, getting to know other people in the community, whether it's other mm-hmm. parents that your kids go to school with or if you go to something like uh, the statewide adoptive families together meetings where you're with other foster adoptive parents. Yeah, but. Yep. Connecting with people who have similar needs, that's so important. And having your kids be with kids who have similar needs, so important. So supportive. So supportive. Yeah. yeah. You're um, not alone out there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and way back to our first show in January, Allie Weissman came on from MSPCC KidsNet. Yeah, Allie. You yeah. know Allie, of course. And um, and so there's um, support through family resource liaisons. There are another point of contact uh, called FRLs. Um, and you can find uh, more information at mspcc.org mm-hmm. about that. Um, talk to the staff at your child's school. I've gotten a ton of tips, especially from the special ed team. I'll say, okay, yeah. here's what we're faced with. What do you know? Yep. I've I've got the best tips from other parents, though. Oh, agreed. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They are just other uh, parents, community like, people. Did you know you could do this, this, and the next thing for your child? And I was like, They're really? in the know. Write it all down. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, uh-huh. that's... That's good advice, um, and we covered a lot of ground today. I'm gonna uh, let's talk about some of the we can we can kind of maybe 
flip back and forth about this, but we, we covered a lot of ground. I like to make sure that we always define, you know, the terminology we're okay. using. So we talked about IEP. That's an individualized education plan. It's something you put together with your with your school mm-hmm. and you have some input in. Right. ESY, which is extended school year, sometimes available for children with an IEP. Absolutely. Federation or Federation for Children with Special Needs. They're a resource offering services to support parents of children with special needs. Right. FRC means Family Resource Centers, providing resources across Massachusetts to all families. Great. MSPCC or MSPCC KidsNet, they're a resource for families with kinship, foster, and adoptive placements. And FRLs are family resource liaisons who work with MSPCC and support individual family needs in their pursuit of information and support for DCF-involved children. Great. Did we miss anything? I, I think mean, we talked about a lot not. of the other... I hope not. I'm, I am saturated. Can you Once believe again, this is our seventh podcast? You're kidding. It's really? It's crazy. I don't remember the other six. <laughs> okay. Well, I think I think this is great, and I thank you always for joining me. And it's always so much uh, fun to spend time with you, even if it is nine thousand degrees in the studio here in July and <laughs> the sun's beating down <laughs> with fury. And... We'll, we'll want to bottle that for January's <laughs> podcast. I was just going to say we'll be complaining about the cold in, in no time soon, right? So, yeah. always a pleasure to spend time with you. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we'll meet this month's waiting children. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Hey, producer Jeremy. Hey, host Joe. So while we're between segments, we really should remind folks that one of the best ways to support our work and to support children waiting in foster care is to share resources, whether it's social media, the web, or even this podcast. Yeah, that's so true. So to all of our loyal listeners out there, we know there are many of you. If you like the Adopted podcast, uh, like us, comment on your platform of choice, whether that's Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, uh, and don't forget to rate us on iTunes and the Google Play Store. We really appreciate those five-star ratings. And good comments. And don't forget to share us with your friends and family. They'll love us too. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. And now it's time to introduce you to some of our waiting children. Today we'll learn about Andrea and the sibling group of Jessica and Orlando. It's probably a good time to remind our listeners that they can find information about either of the children or any of the children at our website, mayrink.org, by clicking on the Meet the Children tab and entering their ID numbers. So, Mo, who do we have today? Da-da! That's my introduction. da 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 Today we have Andrea, registration number 4818, who is 11. Oh, my and, gosh. Yeah. What a cute picture. She's beautiful. Um, keeping in touch with her sister is very important to me, she says. And okay. I can, I can certainly understand that. Andrea is an energetic girl of Caucasian descent. She enjoys taking gymnastic classes and also enjoys music. Sounds like gymnastics is good for a yeah. kid with energy, right? Right, right. Uh, she loves to have her hair and her nails done and okay. spend one-on-one time with adults. She's a very good advocate for herself, and she has grown leaps and bounds over the past year and would like nothing more than to have a family to call her own. She sounds pretty motivated, yeah, she, right? She does. So she really liked, does. Uh, we like a, an energetic child, so we want right. matches who are energetic, and they like, you know, a kid who's moving and doing gymnastics right. and 
Um, like sounds like she she likes some girly things. Yes, but she's got a lot of potential. Right? It sounds hair yeah, nails. Has, yeah. Good. So four eight one eight. That's the registration number for Andrea. All right. Who else do we have? We've got Jessica in Orlando. Registration number six seven two six and six seven three zero. Okay. Ages nine and thirteen. All right, great. And um, they want to be adopted together. They definitely do not want to be um, split up. And I. What a smiling. I know. Happy. Huh? I mean, Aren't they cute. You guys have to look at these and, two. They're and adorable. Just leaning on the shoulder yeah. of his sister. Oh yeah, my she's gosh. probably gonna bat him in the head. You know, once the photo was done. But anyway, <laughs> I don't think no, that's probably true. Not. Um, Jessica and Orlando are siblings um, of Hispanic descent, and they want to be adopted together. Great. And Jessica is engaging. She's friendly, kind, upbeat, and intelligent, and she loves to be active. Okay. Um, good for her. And good her, more activity. Yeah, yeah, her favorite activities include dance, Zumba. Well, I haven't that's heard that pretty, in a long time. That's huh? pretty active. Yeah. Um, gymnastics, cheerleading, and music. Holy cow. Wow. She's got energy. Um, she's described as a very smart girl who is motivated to learn, and she gets along well with both her classmates and well, her teachers. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she does not require any extra supports in school, okay. which would be like an IEP plan, yes. which is Individualized Educational yes. Plan. Yes. Good, Mom. Okay. See, I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> her brother, Orlando, is sweet, friendly, and a charming little boy. He also likes to be active and prefers to be outdoors rather than playing inside. Good for him. Huh. He enjoys sports, and his favorites are football and soccer. He is in the second grade, and he does receive some extra supports in his classroom for organization and emotional support. Okay. And these two are free to be adopted, and they would do best in a very patient and loving family of any constellation, which means it could be two mom, two dads, a single dad, single mom, two mom, mom and a dad, Yeah. They are both thriving in their current foster home and respond well to any environment that has structure and routines. That's any kid. Yeah, it is. It's true. Yeah. It's any person, any kid. And their social worker is open to exploring homes where they can be the only or the youngest children. Okay. A family for Jessica in Orlando must be open to helping the siblings maintain contact with their sister and their grandmother. All important things to know. Yeah. But I think yeah. the, the thing I take away from them is uh, a good match for a family, any constellation, would any. be one that doesn't mind going, going, going. Yeah. Yep. Right. Active, they seem active. like they're active, active, active. Right. right? They I wanna... mean, not, not just school or after school like weekends. Yeah. You know? They want to go and they want to play. Right. And, right. right. I sounds... don't want to stay inside. We need sports. We need more cheerleading, gymnastics. So right. anyway, yeah, active family. And remember, 6726 six seven three zero those are their registration numbers well great well anyone interested in learning more about these kiddos the process is you can visit us at marink.org plug in the numbers that maureen referenced you can call us at 617-964-6273 of course attend an event mo we always talk about that right Thanks for joining me, Mo. Uh, it's been very educational. And of course, working with you is always fun. I look forward to co-hosting with you again, uh, probably next month, I think. Okay. And we're going to take a little break. And then when we get back, we'll be with our special guest, Sarah Baldiga from Rise Above. We'll be right back. Bye. So, Joe, do we have anything interesting coming up in the month of August that you know about? 
Well, it's interesting that you should say that, Jeremy, or ask that question, because we do. We have story time being presented at the Provincetown Library with our guest reader, Miss Richfield, who will be reading two books, Happy Adoption Day and Love Makes a Family. I've heard both those books are great. They're fantastic books, and we're doing it in conjunction with the Provincetown Library, as well as the Family Equality Council's Family Week. So we hope that families in the area will stop by on August 1st at 2 p.m. Great book reading, lots of fun, we'll have some snacks, and of course, if anybody's looking for more information about adoption from foster care, we'll also have mayor staff available to answer questions. Great, it sounds like it's gonna be a great event. Can't wait to see you all there. Great, join us on August 1st at 2 p.m. Provincetown Library. Welcome back to Adopt Ed. This is our Adopt Talk segment where we get to meet local community members who are involved in the foster care and adoption process. Joining me today is Sarah Baldigger, co-founder and executive director of Rise Above. Rise Above is dedicated to providing Massachusetts children in foster care with enriching activities, opportunities, and experiences. Founded in 2009, Rise Above is a recognized 501c3 nonprofit organization that responds to the growing need to give youth in foster care opportunities that will give them the sense of normalcy, provide comfort, and build self-esteem. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So uh, for full disclosure, I've, I was just saying to you, I've known you pretty much since the organization started. Um, I think we met at the DCF Worcester West Area Advisory Board. I think, uh, I don't know if it was you and Wade, or I forget who came out, but the team came out yeah. when you were launching, and we were glad to hear about your work. Um, but for our listeners who might not be quite so familiar with you and what you offer, I thought um, we could probably, you know, I'll ask you a couple of questions to, to help kind of flesh out the organization and, and to talk a little bit about your mission, um, which is going to be a little unusual coming from me because I probably know the answers to most of the questions. <laughs> Does that sound okay? I will answer them anyway. <laughs> all right. Perfect. So this month's podcast uh, is all about family resources to help um, kiddos get through the summer. And I know your organization plays a very active role in supporting children, um, camperships, you know, other opportunities and programming for kids, which is why I thought of you as our special guest for July. But you do so much more. So I'm going to just start with a couple of, of questions and, and let's talk about Rise Above. Great. Okay. So I know you and I know Wade Salzman, right? And you guys were co-founders of the organization. Tell me about your connection to foster care and adoption and how you came to develop your model. Like what, what really inspired sure. you? Um, well, it really, uh, so we had there were three co-founders and uh, Mercedes Ramirez right. Kirk was our third co-founder. She passed away a few years ago. Right. Um, but Wade and Mercedes worked for the Department um, of Children and Families and they really saw a need uh, on their caseloads to give kids they're working with that were in foster care the funds sure. to participate in sports and music and go to prom. Do the things that kids do. That's right. 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 And not having the funds was keeping them from these critical um, opportunities for sure. them to, to make new friends and to adjust to new homes and neighborhoods and, um, and, and that's help sort of, them heal. That's the normalcy piece, right? Yes. I mean, that's really just the providing just a normal engagement for a kiddo. Right. Normal everyday things. Right. So, um, so w what were you doing before Rise Above? What brought you to um, this particular venture? I was working for uh, Family Networks. Okay. Um, who, who was contracted by the Department of Children and Families to oversee the um, some of the services. Gotcha. Um, so I was uh, physically sitting at the DCF office with Wade and Mercedes. Uh, and, so you were in the world. And they they okay. wrote to me into their. Their idea. <laughs> <laughs> Which 10 years later is just this amazing, It's a bit more amazing, than an idea. Yeah, yeah. concept. So um, 
so with Rise Above, um, there's engagement with families throughout the year. I mean, we're gonna we'll go on to talk about summer, but I know you as the organization that used to. Um, be able to help out when the old kids fund now the wonder fund um you know uh, might not have come to bear to help a, a child right i know all kinds of things i mean you and i have ideated about so many things over the years and, and talked about lots of things tell everyone um, who might not know about rise above what it is that you do specifically and, and maybe some ideas of uh some of the things that people ask for some of the things that that you provide for people throughout the year sure yeah. Um, so we are here to um, sort of pay the bill for um, activities that kids want to participate in. Um, we'll help with sports fees, team fees, okay. um, martial arts or swim, um, and some of the equipment that kids need for those activities. Um, we'll help with uh, music and the arts programs, um, musical instrument lessons. Yeah, wide variety. Pay for a of... lot of guitars and guitar lessons. Okay. All right. Um, and um, we help families, foster families or, or pre-adoptive families, um, be able to afford part of some of their family vacations or day trips. Wow, that's amazing. I don't think I knew that piece. Yeah, we pay for a lot of Disney park passes. Okay. Um, Six Flags passes, those kind of things. So things that can help families who, who might um, you know, have a, a burden of having a number of children that they're caring yeah, for. Yeah, those things are so expensive. Oh, my God. They and they're so up. important, though, to... Yes to be able to get out and have those experiences. That's amazing. What is your, like, what's your biggest request if you had to think about it? Um, uh, some of the, so the, some of the sports fees. Okay. Um, being able to be part of a team. Sure. Um, or, or as I said, just being able to afford the cleats or the, you know, the shoulder pads for, right. for some of these activities. Um, and then we do do a fair number of um, um, amusement park tickets, as I said. Sure. Um, Probably more seasonal. Yeah. It's well, not Disney, probably. Disney's probably Disney's all year, year round, yeah. Right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, right now a lot of summer camp requests, too, which okay. we're going to dig into a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but we help – we pretty much are here to fill any gaps um, for funding. Okay. Um, where, where there may not be funds through the department or, as you said, the Wonder Fund. Right. Um, we're here to, to do that. So we help some youth with um, part of driver's ed costs. Oh, or, that's amazing. Yeah, or, like, laptops – um, there's really no boundaries. I mean, I guess that's probably what I've learned knowing you all these years, right? Yeah. Is that there's no boundaries. Every request is considered. Yes. Um, not everything is able to be approved or fully approved because there are finite resources, right? True. But you do yeah. a great job of meeting a lot of requests every year. What do you, you had your anniversary back in um, May, right? And so, uh, 5,000 kids you've served so 5, far? 5,000 kids, and we've been able to give out a million dollars. Oh, my God, um, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, you know, something that we, uh, a premise that we, when we started and something we've carried through is that we are um, here to say yes to kids. Right. Um, and to not be um, another barrier to, to, sure. to funding some of these activities. Um, and as you said, we, we try um, really hard to look at each child and their circumstances um, on an individual basis and, and, and meet the and needs make our, as best and we making can. our decision yeah. about how, how much we can help. And That's amazing. Uh, yeah. You're statewide. We're statewide. Right? I know this. So you cover all of Massachusetts, um, even though you're centrally mass located office wise, but you cover all of Massachusetts. And I know you've been out and about at events all over Massachusetts. That's I've right. bumped into you everywhere. Um, tell me a little bit about um, 
I, I mean, I guess we can we can talk about summer programming, and then maybe we'll get into how people work with you. That sure, probably makes the most sense. We're, you know, here we are um, in July. We're we're coming up on summer. Um, you know, you probably started getting requests even earlier in the year. You get them earlier in the spring. How does someone? Um, well, what's available, right, in terms of assistance with? Anyway, we're not talking about summer long camperships. We're probably talking about more individualized kinds of events and programming. That's right. Yeah. Um, so we can help with um, some summer camps. We uh, fund specialty summer camps. Okay. Um, which um, we have a, a a full explanation on our website. Right. But, but sort of how we define that is any. Um, camp that is focused on a child's interests or um, skills. Um, so we'll uh, help with like a theater camp or oh, a karate nice. camp or um, a traditional outdoor overnight camp. Okay. Um, anything that's um, just a little extra special and is something that a, a child wants to uh, participate in because they haven't, they'd like to try something. Yeah, or, they haven't, or they haven't already, been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we usually pay for about one week. Okay. Um, and uh, but they do tend to be the more expensive camps. So yeah, well, I would think the specialty to, ones, right? <laughs> but there's also, them. I mean, there's there's some day camps, right? Yes. There's some programming that kids can get involved in in their local communities, and because you're not um, you're not restricted in the way that the Wonder Fund may be restricted, you can be a little more out of the box in terms of people thinking about opportunities for kids, right? Yeah, absolutely. Is that fair to yeah, say that? Yeah, um, every summer I'm always amazed at some of the new camps that we hear about last summer. I think we sent a child to a um, sled dog racing camp. Really? In Western Mass, yes. I didn't even know that existed. I know, I know. That's awesome. Um, a young lady a couple of years ago had the opportunity to uh, participate in an, uh, an architecture camp. Wow. Yeah. And these are all Massachusetts opportunities. All Massachusetts, yeah. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. I always try and keep a really strong list. Um, I had alluded earlier to the Worcester West Area Advisory Board, and I, I was president for a number of years, and we would do a whole resource guide that included summer camps and programming, and, and it was a fairly extensive list. And then, you know, with all of my statewide work, I have access to every not everyone's, but a lot of area lists, and I get to see, and I think, oh, my God, just when you think you can't find anything new, there's so much out there. There's really great great opportunities amazing opportunities so so if i am uh, a foster parent a pre-adoptive parent really that's you know uh, what we're talking about um how do i how do i approach you how do i access this um are there protocols with regard to me needing to seek other resources first Uh, i'm trying to think of all the questions that people might have can you tell me a little bit about the engagement and how i would go about working with you sure uh, so we have an application uh, request process that's on our website, Great. Uh, which is weriseabove.org. Um, and anyone in a child's life can fill out the request. Oh, okay. Um, so certainly most of the people listening here. Um, but also it means a social worker or a child's coach okay. um, or neighbor could also sort of help start the process. Fantastic. Um, it's a short application that just asks some, asks some basic uh, questions about the child and um more so about what the activity that they want gotcha. um, help with. Um, so we get those. It's a an online uh, form that we get instantly. And uh, we ask for um, 30 days, if possible, from when you make the request. Well, that's fair. Yeah. So right. We're usually a, a, a quite a bit quicker. Okay. Um, but if you have the, the month, it's helpful okay. <laughs> to us. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then we make payment directly to the provider of the activity. So we would gotcha. um, make a check out to the camp. Okay. For example. So directly, yeah, in right. conjunction with whoever the requester is, probably right. to fill out any paperwork or 
or whatnot, right? Right, right. Um, and right, so we can send the check either right to the camp or make it out to the camp and send it to the to foster the person. parent to send it in gotcha. with the registration. Or, um, okay. Oh, we will check in with you. Um, and, and before we approve a request, we do check in with um, either the child social worker at the department or uh, the foster parents okay. um, social worker just to confirm um, that uh, the child is in DCF care and custody All right. um, and that they agree it's a, it's a good, healthy activity for yeah. the child. So if we're um, thinking about camps and, you know, I mean, um, this episode is coming out in July, so, you know, we're kind of into summer at this point and, and some of the tips that we talked about earlier in the show included how to kind of keep kids busy. But if people are looking for resources, do you have thoughts on great places to go and tools that people can use? Um, for in terms of accessing in terms camps? of camps, I mean, mm-hmm. is there? I mean, you probably in your head have dozens of of camps. I mean, you gave me so many examples earlier. Um, is there any uh, in your engagement? Have you come across any resources that people might find interesting or helpful? Um, I know that there's um, a number of, um, earlier in the show, we, we talked about a number of resources that, that probably are on the top of your list. You know, the YMCAs, the, the Boys and Girls Clubs, you know, all of the, the large statewide um, groups that tend to, um, you know, work with kiddos throughout the year typically have summer programming online. Yeah. Much yeah. of the same, probably. Yeah. Yeah. A lot okay. of, in a lot of cities and towns run great uh, programming. Um, we also have sort of an internal list that we're building okay. um, to uh, on-camp resources by sort of by geographic area okay. or interest. So um, we can also be a resource if, if folks are looking for um, a recommendation on a, on a summer camp. Okay. They could always contact you. Yeah. Happy to, happy to chat anytime. Okay. All right. So, so you guys are such a valuable community resource and, um, and uh, we've talked about a number of things. Really, it's an open door, right? So, whatever you can conceptualize could be presented for consideration. Absolutely. Um, and you would work with, with folks. Um, I, I, do I remember that at one point there was um, something that was done with some students in prom dresses or something to support prom? I mean, that's such an out-of-the-box kind of thing. We do. We do help with prom expenses for okay. youth. Um, and um, so I, really anything. We're happy to we help with a lot of um, tux rentals and dresses. Okay. Um, but we're open to helping with nail and hair appointments or um, limo, uh, you know, limo yeah. rentals. You know, there's, it's, I think the average that is $1,000 um, wow. that a, an American youth is helping for prom. Spending so prom. I'm not sure that's we can amazing. do $1,000, but we're really happy Pieces. to help <laughs> with parts Pieces of and it. parts. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. But again, normalcy. I yeah. guess that's really what people should think about rather than thinking about what the list of ideas looks like. They should think about what kinds of things provide normalcy for a child and um, perhaps what kinds of things they're having a hard time accessing, right, Uh, on behalf of a child. And those are the kinds of of requests to make. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, back to prom, I mean, even like in hindsight as an adult, you kind of regretted the money that you spent on the photo package. But when you were 17, it was very, very important that you could take that group photo with your friends or your date. Yeah. Well, I think that's, I mean, think about the high school experience. And that's probably, um, you know, we at Mayor are talking awful lot about um, teens and teen adoption. And I think that for many teens, there are probably things, um, you know, prior to, to adoption, if they are in foster care, that they may not have access to necessarily, um, you know, in that it's very costly to be in high school. There's a lot going on between yearbooks and 
class rings and proms and dances and you know all Senior that kind of trips. stuff yeah yes yeah and yeah. i just wrote out a check for my for my daughter's end of year activities and it had a lot of zeros so yeah. i mean it's yeah. it's crazy yeah. but you don't think about that necessarily no, no. um until you have to until you're confronted by That's it and true. i know for a lot of the foster families that i've had the, the pleasure of knowing and that i know um who are doing this work and have many many kids in a household sometimes you know it's just too much of a financial burden necessarily to, to do everything so those are the kinds of yeah. things to yeah it's, it's to too much for about. most families and um i think um i, I did want to say that you know, dcf does have some financial resources that i think there's a, a um a set amount that kids can get for their senior year in high school right. towards some of those expenses right. it's often not enough so we're here to help uh, yeah. pick up you know what's left um so you know so sometimes we do we do ask that if there are any state funds um through the department available to a family that they've sure. checked those out but it's complicated sometimes it is so we're happy to help nav help a family navigate or ask help ask the right questions oh good well no that's funds. that's good to know because you know the wonder fund is is much more funded, no pun intended, than, than it ever was. Mm -hmm. um, but there's protocols, right? There's processes. Um, and you would work in conjunction with the family to kind of help them figure some of that out. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And supplement perhaps if if the situation makes sense, right? Exactly. So, okay. So, so as we're kind of winding down our interview, what kinds of things did I forget? I was trying to do this from the perspective of, I know Sarah and I've noticed since the beginning, so I was trying to ask all the questions. Did I miss any salient points here, any things that that you want to really get out about the organization? Um, I think you did a great job, Joe. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I think I think the thing I want folks to to walk away with is just is that we're here um, for anything anything extra for youth, and we are always surprised by new new ideas right. of activities for kids. And um, you know, a youth that wanted to go to a, a barber shop convention. You're that's interested. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Sled I mean, it's, dog it's racing, certainly not something we're that's not something we're listing on our website as things we're funding. But it's important, I think, that um, everyone in a child's life is asking the questions and not just sort of presenting like, "Oh, would you like to do a like sport a list or, right. or or play an instrument?" It's like, what What do you want to do? Like, right. the world is your oyster, and um, you know, Rise Club's here to help um, to help help kids access. That's everything so they want. amazing because you know what? There are a lot of kids in care who don't get asked what would make you happy what would you want if you could if you could do anything what would you do and that's part of what your organization helps to bring to kids which is, i think is just amazing amazing well thank you thank for you. all of your work your organization's a valuable community resource and we so greatly appreciate your efforts and um i happen to know um that I said earlier in the, the podcast, you had a party to celebrate your anniversary. So we at Mayor want to congratulate you on 10 years Thank of you. success, your first decade. You have, a, you have a little <laughs> catching up to do. We're at 61. So, <laughs> you know, no competition. But um, but we, we do um, really appreciate you and wish you many more years to come. Thank you. If folks want to learn more about your organization, um, your web is weriseabove.org. They can contact you directly at sarah at weriseabove.org. Yes. Um, phone number 855-246-8850. And I love the fact that your website has a snail mail reference, so I had to put it <laughs> in the notes. But it's Rise Above Foundation, Inc., Post Office Box 174 in Northbridge, Mass., 01534. That's right. Thank well, you. Well, it's been my pleasure spending time with you today. And, of course, I'm sure that our listeners learned about a lot about your organization and all that you have to offer. So thank you again for joining me. Thank you. For more information about Mayor, our waiting children, 
or to simply get more info about how you can get involved to support children waiting in foster care, please visit us at marink.org or call us at 617-964-6273. This is Joe Sanigato for Mayor wishing you a wonderful day and thanks for listening. Until next time. 